It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And it's game day Monday, where the Green Bay Packers are trying to keep their season alive at the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Teron Davenport from Lockdown Eagles in the Eagles Wire on the USA Today Network is going to be joining me shortly for our weekly Lockdown crossover podcast. But first, a couple of notes from the night's game and why I don't like the Packers one bit. First of all, the Packers have lost four in a row on the road for the first time since 2006. The Eagles, 4-0 at home, and they've allowed 9.5 points in those four games with a grand total of three touchdowns. And number two... It's Carson Wentz against that Packers defense, which should get a boost here with the presumed return of Demarius Randall. Nonetheless, in five road games, Green Bay's opponent passer rating is 128.2. As I mentioned in the world's best preview at Packer Report, which is for our Packer Report members, that he's the worst opponent passer rating in road games in NFL history. That's not good. And third, I think a real X factor here, The Eagles with the NFL's best kickoff return. The Packers with the NFL's worst kickoff coverage. Those are three things to look out for. And now to our Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Teron Davenport from Lockdown Eagles. All right, this is Bill Huber from Packer Report and Lockdown Packers, joined by Teron Davenport from the Eagles Wire, part of the USA Today Network. How are you doing, Teron? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on on this this game day Monday, man. That's right. Big game tonight. I was uh, just talking off air. Uh, about, I did I did radio in Philadelphia the other day, and they were all gloom and doom. I'm, I'm curious what the, the mindset is of, among Eagles fans that you've talked to. Yeah, Eagles fans that I've talked to are pretty optimistic about the game tonight. They look at the, the Packers' uh, pass defense, and they feel like it's an opportunity for Carson Wentz and, and the Eagles' passing game to get things back on track. So uh, most of the people that, that I've dealt with, whether it be on social media or just you know through comments on my articles, they're, they're excited. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, the Packers' passing defense has just been god off. I actually, uh, I looked at their road passer rating against this year. It is the worst in NFL history. So that's uh, oh. <laughs> that's probably bodes well for once. What have, what have you seen out of Carson? I know the numbers are up and down, but you know he's a rookie. I'm not sure his, his supporting cast is all that great. What, what what have you seen out of him so far? Well, I mean, it's 
a lot of people will point to the supporting cast and say, hey, you know, they have to improve there. But let's be honest. Uh, we have to uh, look at just the, the total evaluation of a player. And Carson Wentz has been off on some throws. He's forced some throws in, in bad situations. And, you know, the result has been six interceptions over the last, you know, three weeks. You, you can't have that. So, obviously, there are some drops. There There's some plays that are being left on the field, but make no mistake about it, Wentz's footwork is, is kind of hurting him as far as throwing the ball accurately across the middle. Uh, that That's an area of improvement for him, but, you know, when you look at his poise and just the way he's able to manage the game, when you allow him to do that, he's at his best. So that's really why they have to limit his passing to, you know, his attempts. It has to be under 40. Okay. You can't give him 40 or more attempts because he's just not a volume passer like a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. So how do you think they'll react in offense with, without Ryan Matthews then? Are, are they going to have to go with Wentz to, to air it out here, or, or how, do you, how do you see that shaking out? No, they have a rookie in, in Wendell Smallwood, a fifth-round pick, who is actually a, a very good running back. He, he led his conference in rushing, and, I mean, that, you take that for what, what it's worth. But at the same time, when you look at just what he's able to do, he's a guy who personally, I think he's their best inside runner. I was talking to him on uh, – was it Friday, Saturday rather, about just running inside the tackles and just how he's able to make his footwork and his vision be on the same page as far as you know, seeing a hole developing and patting his feet a couple times to let that hole open up and then shooting through it 100 miles an hour. The guy's a, a very good inside runner. He's tough. He's not 220 pounds. He's about 208, but he runs behind his pads. He's very shifty as well, no wasted movement, and he's also a really good option out of the backfield. So Wendell Smallwood is a guy that I think will get some carries. I know the Packers are, I believe they're seventh in the NFL as far as run defense. So we'll see how that carries out. But I think they will run the football. Will they use, do you think they'll use Sproles a bunch more on offense compared to usual, or is that might be limiting him? Well, Sproles is probably going to see a, a bit less action than the normal because of that fractured rib that he has. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but you know, again, they, they have Wendell Smallwood, who has receiving skills uh, there to, to, you know, run those jerk routes, run that Texas route, and, and do some of the things that they do in order to get the ball to a weapon that could be a mismatch problem. You know, Green Bay's passing has just been god-awful. Um, who's, who's carrying the load on, in, in, in the passing game for you guys? As far as receiver-wise? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, there's, there's multiple options. Uh, as of late, it, it's really been uh, Zach Ertz. He's been the guy, that the, the top target, as far as the, the, the most productive one. Um, so it, you're seeing the tight end re- and receiver relationship really developing, and, and that's something that's always good for a young quarterback, um, and rather tight end quarterback relationship, not tight end receiver. But you see that developing, so that's a good thing for Wentz. Zach Ertz is a very reliable target. And Jordan Matthews is getting a lot of targets as well. Uh, he's been their most targeted player in the passing game this year. And it's really clear that, that Wentz looks at him as his number one option. So they'll continue to go to Matthews, uh, working that slot position, working across the middle. So that's all the more reason why they have to get that accuracy going. And he has to just get the ball down. You know, he's, he has his throws sailing on him. So that's, that's not a good thing across the middle. That always leads to a turnover. And you got Durham Green Beckham working his way in. They, they like to run him on a dig route, whereas they run the, the clear out with, with Matthews from the slot. 
They got the dig coming up on, underneath, and that's a way that they could kind of set up a window for Wentz to throw the ball. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Ertz. I, I watched that Eagle Seahawks game the other day. That guy's got some wheels. I mean, I know it was called back for, on on that long touchdown, but obviously Seattle's got one of the probably the fastest defenses around. He, did, I mean, he just outran everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's just that hunger to get to the end zone. I mean, he 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 scored earlier in the game, but you know, it, it, that's really what it was, man. He he's been been itching to break out. Um, itching to get more and more targets, but he's been patient with it. I talked to him a lot about that, just, you know, how he's balancing demanding the football with uh, not not putting the rookie in, in, in too much under too much stress. And he's doing a good job of that, and that's definitely an example of that, that play. And you see how they, they designed that play. There was a perfect call, 36 mm-hmm. against Seattle, you know, a defense that, that's aggressive, that likes to blitz, and they caught him in a blitz, and the tight end screen was a perfect call, and it was executed well except for the alignment itself, and that's you know an area that they just have to get corrected. Defensively, what's what's made the Eagles so good at home? Was it like nine and a half points a game at home, and that's just it's unbelievable numbers. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times what you see at home, obviously the crowd gets behind them, but that pass rush, you know, Benny Logan is is a very underrated pass rusher on that team, and you got Connor Barwin and Brandon Graham coming off the edge. And then Fletcher Cox is pushing the, the pocket back on the interior. And <laughs> if there's one guy that hates that, that's that's Aaron Rodgers. You know that that's he's like an unstoppable force. But that's one way to slow him down is to push that pocket back into his lap. And that's what this Eagles team specializes in doing with their interior guys. And they got a rookie uh, out of Washington State named Destiny Vial, and he he's a very good pass rusher also. So watch out for number 97 on uh, the inside as well. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned Brandon Graham. Um, I remember him at the Senior Bowl what, five years ago, I guess it was now. I thought he was really impressive there. What's What's been the difference for him this year? He's obviously having a heck of a good season. Well, when you were there at the Senior Bowl, the, the head coach, the, the scheme that he ran was none other than Jim Schwartz. So, oh, that's right. You're right. Him, yeah, you're seeing him back in, in a scheme that, that fits what, what he's able to do. Uh, so many people were, were pegging him into the, the spot of outside linebackers. And that, that just wasn't a transition for him. So being back at home, at defensive end, hand in the dirt, able to go ahead and, and rush the passer, pin his ear, ears back, and not have to worry about, okay, you know what, i got to read this and read that, and if this happens, i got to drop back into coverage. No, it, it's, it's sick him. Go get the quarterback. You know, and, and that's what he's allowed to do, and that's what he does best. He's, he's a high-motor guy that will get after the quarterback, and uh, he's showing that, and that's why he's having a, a, a really good year. You know, I just look at the numbers. Uh, Jordan Hicks, the, the middle linebacker, seems to be having a great year as far as tackles and, and passes defense. Is he playing up to those numbers? Is he, is he that kind of player? Yeah, he is, definitely. He's really good in coverage. He's a guy to come down and, and make plays against the screens. Um, he, he's solid. You know, you rarely see him out of position. He's a, a sound tackler. So he's definitely playing to the numbers. And, you know, another guy that's playing really well is Nigel Bradham. We, we have to... Look at him as, as one of the better free agent signings on this team. And he's just a, another one that's just, you know, very aggressive, very hungry to make the tackle. He finds the football really well, and he's a, a solid player. He brings that, that uh, aggression that they need on, on defense, and he, he solidifies that, that linebacker position. How about the secondary? The, the numbers look pretty good. Is that, is that good coverage? Is it, is it the pass rush just making life miserable for quarterbacks? What have you seen there? 
Well, the back end is always uh, as good as the front end. That's kind of a saying that I think really applies. And you have the rookie, Jalen Mills, who has struggled. He had a tough game against Seattle. But Jalen is a guy that competes. And I'm not sure if you were at the Senior Bowl uh, this past year, but that's one of the things that he showed. He's he's always going to compete. And uh, he showed that throughout his career at LSU. And you're seeing it now. That's something that they really like. Uh, not the fastest guy, but, you know, really good footwork and can turn and run with, with receivers, you know, after getting a jam on him. But uh, he, he's someone that stood out. Uh, Nolan Carroll has played really well. McKelvin has been up and down. But I think the strength of the secondary is, is clearly their safeties. You got McLeod and, and Malcolm uh, Jenkins, two really good players. McLeod is, is a very rangy guy, and he'll come up and he'll he'll lay some big hits on, on defenders or running backs. So that's something else to see. And, and Jenkins will drop down in the slot, cover the, the, the slot receiver. So... He does a good job also. They're down one corner, but, uh, you know, they're doing their best to fill that in, and, and that's what uh, why you're seeing um, Watkins come in at safety. He'll come in at strong safety, and, and Jenkins will uh, bump it to the nickel spot when they go to their nickel package. And fortunately for the Eagles, they have three very good safeties because Jalen Watkins is a player. You know, coming out of Florida, he was a guy that was solid as a, as a nickel defender. Uh, also uh, played corner and had played safety. He played all three positions at Florida with some of the guys there, whether, you know, Luchez, Purifoy, uh, Roberson, even uh, Hargreaves. So he's someone that, that, you know, came in and, and has done a really good job. I believe this is his third season, and he's locked down that, that number three safety spot. I know Packers fans know Jim Schwartz uh, very well from his time in Detroit. There was a, uh, uh, a spirited defense, to, to be polite. <laughs> Um, how, what, what's he done so well there? What, what's is it, is it scheme? Is it attitude? What's 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 he done? It's a combination of the two. Uh, definitely scheme. You know, they've been able to do some things to really limit uh, some some of the the big time options. I mean, every week this the secondary is going against a top flight receiver, and obviously doesn't get any easier with Jordy Nelson. But uh, another thing to look at is just the, the the attitude, the mindset. You know, there's a swagger and cockiness that comes with this team, and aggressive. Aggressive uh, uh, behavior, you know, a style of play, and you see that out of these guys, and, and they're more energized. And I mean, that's something we saw right from the start in training camp, and that's really what he brings. You know, he brings that arrogance, that 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 uh, attacking mindset, and it, it goes all the way through the coaching staff. You know, Corey Unlin is a very, very good uh, defensive back coach. And, you got uh, just plenty of guys, Coach Phillip Daniels, uh, you know, Chris Wilson uh, on the defensive line, Tim Hawk. You know, these are former players that, that understand the mindset that you have to have to go out there and dominate, and, and that's really what they're helping uh, some of the younger guys and even the veterans, you know, refine that mindset, and that's what, what Schwartz has brought. All right, this is Bill Huber from Packer Report and Lockdown Packers with Teron Davidport from the Eagles Wire and Lockdown Eagles. Teron, it's your turn. What do you got? Oh, well, you know, we have to look at this. Uh, tell me about the, the absence of Demarius Randall. How, how has that affected the passing game? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been awful. Um, he, I, I think he's going to play tonight. He practiced this week. He's missed the last five games following groin surgery. And, look, Green entered this year with Sam Shields as their number one corner. Demarius Randall, last year's first-round pick, is their number two. And Quentin Rollins, last year's number two pick, as their number three corner. They've, they've played in a combined 13 of 30 games. 
Shields is in an IR with a concussion. I'm, I'm guessing his career is probably over. And, you know, with, without those guys, it's, it's been a train wreck. So we'll, we'll see what Randall can do tonight after missing five straight and six out of the last seven. But, you know, I mentioned this before, Green Bay's pass defense, any which way you want to look at it, you want completion percentage, yards per attempt, pass rating, they're, they're terrible and all that stuff. The pass rush has been bad too. You know, Randall is the one guy, I mean, he's got the one and only interception from a cornerback this year. I mean, that's how bad it's been here. So I... Again, I, is, is it going to be rusty? He better not be because I, I, I would think that Wentz and company are going are gonna to go after those guys pretty hard. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, as far as Nick Perry is concerned, uh, he's leading the team of sacks with seven. Uh, what has allowed him to get after the quarterback and, and pile up those, those numbers? Well, it's really just being healthy first and foremost. He's been, you know, he's been e- either sidelined for you know a handful of games every year, or, or just battling through stuff year after year, where he, he really hasn't practiced a lot. Well, this year he, he's a starter. He's been healthy. He's been playing, you know, seventy-five, eighty percent of the snaps. He's a he's probably their best run defender. He's a big physical guy, and that's how he wins wins in the passing game too. He's just a, a big physical bull rusher with some explosion after that. But you know, getting Clay Matthews back last week helped um, in Matthews three games without without Clay. I think Perry had a half a sack. Matthews returned last week, and, and Perry got a sack right away. He's he's really been their best defensive guy all season long, and for him, it's it's just power, power, power for him. Looking at at a guy like a Devonte Adams, you know, he's come along. He's in his third year, and it seems like this is his best season uh, so far. So, what has been behind his development, and and what can you say to the patience that they've used for a guy like Devonte Adams? Yeah, it's almost the same answer as the Perry answer, where he had a pretty good rookie year. Then last year, there's a lot of expectations on him. I think Packer fans will remember uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy heaping a lot of praise on him last offseason, calling him the offseason MVP, and and Rodgers calling him a budding star. Well, it never really happened. He turned an ankle early in the season, missed a little bit of time, but then he came back. He was just never the same guy. And he's, you know, Adams isn't a super fast guy to begin with. I mean, he he wins on on precise routes and stuff like that. And you know, with a bad ankle, it's hard to run those routes. So, I mean, he had a, he had a bad year. I remember last year, Detroit came here, and Aaron Rodgers threw him, I think, 21 passes in that game. And he caught like 10 for like 90 yards. It was like one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. But, you know, they, they, you're right. I think, I think the patience factor is, is key there. Where, where Rodgers never stopped showing faith in him. You know, even last year when he wasn't playing well, you know, he, he kept throwing him the ball, and that patience has been rewarded this year. He's been healthy for one, and which has meant he, he, he's running routes better. He's more explosive where, you know what, if he catches the ball, maybe he can make a guy miss. Maybe he can, you know, run past someone. Or maybe he can power through a tackle. So I think it's all added up, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything. You, you string together one good game, you string together two good games, and that confidence goes up, and... Where where Greenwood doesn't really have a true number one, you know Nelson's done fine, Cobb's done fine, you know it's Adams has gotten a bigger and bigger say on offense, and that confidence has just grown, and he looks like he looks like the guy that they thought he was going to be last year, and, and without him, this this team would really be up a creek at this point. Yeah, I remember him coming out of Fresno, and he was a guy that you know was David Carr's top uh, target, so it, it's good to see him come in, and man, he's been fortunate to have Aaron Rodgers, so. We look at Aaron Rodgers and just what he's able to do. Around 3,000 yards passing, and it's funny, for him that's a down year. Uh, what has been behind the resurgence, though, because he's had back-to-back 300-yard passing games? 
Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier Carson Wentz shouldn't be a volume passer. Where Aaron Rodgers has been a volume passer, these they have again because of injuries for for some extent, but they've got no running game at all without Eddie Lacy. So really, the one and only way this team has moved the ball is, is through the air, and then they they face big deficits here the last couple of weeks too. So they, they're just throwing the ball every single down. So a lot of a, a lot of, a lot of the, the sheer gross numbers is because he's throwing the ball so much. But he is he. For, I mean, there are a lot of questions about Rodgers. You know, at midseason is, you know, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers and this and that? Well, he's he's played a lot better of late. You know, the the offense is really on him. And, you know, they, they started the year with Eddie Lacy at running back and running a no-huddle offense. Well, by week three, they kind of scrapped the no-huddle to some extent to more of a standard offense with, with a lot of personnel rotation. And that seemed to get him going. But then Lacy got hurt. So then he had to switch gears to... An offense with no running backs at all. I mean, seriously, their their number one running back was wide receiver Ty Montgomery. So they went three games at yeah. that. So they, 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 he had to go to that offense. And now they got James Starks backed. So now they got something of a running game. So they, they've had to switch gears again on offense. And now they got Starks. They've got Kristen Michael, who they got off waivers from Seattle. And now they got tight end Jared Cook back from a six game absence. So now they're switching gears on offense again. This is so this is basically their fourth or fifth variation of offense they've run. So while the numbers might all, might not always be great, that Rodgers has navigated all this and, and kept the team in games, I think, is probably about the goodest testament of the quarterback that is, is anything I can think of. You know, they've gone from no huddle to huddle, no running backs to having running backs. Now they have a tight end. So he's playing a lot better. He seems more sure of himself where at midseason and early season, he'd go back and, you know, there, there might be guys open. He, he might not. He might be a, late, a bit late pulling the trigger on it. Or might just, he might just not see him, or he might be looking to buy time to make big plays. He's he's kind of cut a lot of that out, and he's, he's taken what's there and trusting his guys. You know what? A five-yard pass isn't bad, so he he's looked a lot more like himself the last three or four weeks. Unfortunately for the Packers, they've lost all those games. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely uh, playing well. I'm going to agree with you on that. And Ty Montgomery, I, I tell you, that's a guy I really liked at Stanford and had a good interaction with him at the Senior Bowl, so it's good to see him. Getting an opportunity, I know he had the back-to-back ten catch games, so we'll see how that works out. So uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, how, how do you feel on, on the prediction side of things? Do you feel like this is a game that the Packers could win? Yeah, I, I just can't see it. You know, Eagles are four and zero at home. The Packers are, have lost four in a row on the road, and they're, and they're just struggling. And the Eagles' defense is really good. I, I'm going twenty-seven twenty for Philly. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go something along the lines of a 28-17 Eagles in in this this game. All right, Teron, appreciate you joining us for this Locked On crossover podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks. You do the same, and we'll, we'll do this again at some point in the future. Sounds good. Take care. All right, take care. Thank you, as always, for listening. I will have the Locked On post game podcast done super late tonight slash super early Tuesday morning, depending on your perspective. I'll be very well caffeinated. And if it's anything like anything like last week's game where I went on a 15-minute rant against Ted Thompson, it should be very enjoyable. So once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you later. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.